This episode is sponsored by Podgo. We use Podgo to monetize all of our podcasts and get paid within 24 hours. So if you're a podcast, want to get paid, be sure to check out Podgo. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. That's Podgo dot C-O. And be sure to enter our name in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. See you guys in the episode. It's the language of the universe. But I don't understand it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Math and Physics Podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. And we welcome you back to episode number 83, where today... Today, for the very first time, we don't really have an episode. That's not Instead, true. Instead, no, no, no. I was, I was gonna come. I was gonna come <laughs> okay, into it. No, no, no. We don't really have an episode. Instead, it's gonna be a discussion. Yes. A math and physics discussion between yours truly and him. <laughs> We're going to be just talking today, and I think we can maybe see this in the future. Who knows? always just a nice breather from the stuff we do so So, yeah as a avid math and physics podcast listener you may be noticing that every single episode that we've put out so far was somewhat planned we had Mm -hmm. things well not necessarily planned but we knew what we were going to talk about and we had like mental notes about points that we wanted to discuss and you know things like that but this episode is going to be more like I feel like a lot of other podcasts out there where they just kind of sit down and talk and, you know, we still have, we, like, I know things that I want to say that are going to be interesting. So it's not going to be like a boring podcast, but it's just going to be about anything physics and math. Yeah. So there's no, there's no defined structure, but it's just going to be all around interesting. Which I think is good. (laughs) It, It keeps, it keeps the listener on their toes. Yeah. I mean... I think it's good. I definitely do. I definitely do. Yeah. Let's let's see. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna like this, and also, um, yeah, we're also gonna do this more often. I think. Hopefully, if, if it goes well, I think it's. If it goes I well, I mean, why wouldn't it? Yeah, but you know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, before we even start, we do have news as always. As always. So first of all, we are at two hundred and sixty-eight thousand downloads. Wow! Thank you to everyone to everybody who's been listening to the podcast also one thing that i had to mention is that because we posted on tuesday we always get more downloads the day we post obviously and on tuesday we actually beat our record of most downloads in a day oh and it was 1688 downloads in one day that's impressive that's impressive 1600 people downloaded our yeah that's wow which is almost well not really almost but kind of there to almost 100 downloads per hour for the entire 24 hours, almost. That's crazy. That that would be nuts. That would be nuts. Yeah, that would close. Be nuts. I mean, yeah, not more, exactly. <laughs> more more than one per minute. Every minute that goes by. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. like we do release like after a certain time, and this only calculates not the whole 24 hours. I mean, yeah, whatever. So there's also that. Anyways, but uh, yeah, there's there's a little bit of that. So if we had released earlier in the day, our downloads will definitely go up. But that is true. You know what I mean? So that also depends. But anyways, 
Those are comment. I mean, uh, those are news. I think we I have more news. What's like? I'm not done. Oh, first yeah, of course, of, all. of course. Oh. That's what I'm saying. We have more news. Spotify, yes, Spotify, sir. Spotify. Sixteen thousand two hundred and twenty-two followers. Wow. What? Wow. We gained. We gained five hundred followers this week. Take that in. Yesterday alone. Wow. Yesterday alone, we got a hundred followers in a day. Crazy, crazy numbers. So keep following us keep following on spotify <laughs> or really wherever you listen that's i mean the message. we always like to share spotify but i mean all of them are still equally important like we have yeah. google podcast too i believe is that yes what's google, google at google podcast 2800 2800 youtube wow, that's nice 1900 19 we're so close to 2000 on youtube i think that would be really cool i mean every every milestone is a milestone so i mean thank you to everyone who continues to follow listen subscribe and if you're listening right now Wherever you are listening, go happen to follow the podcast. If you're on YouTube, why not smash that like button? Oh, my. And comment on the video. Now, you must be wondering, why would I comment on this podcast? What, do I, what, why would, I, what would I even say? What, I, what would I even say? Well, I can't tell you that, but I can tell you why you should say it. <laughs> and the reason is the comment of the week. The comment of the week for this week, uh, we had from last week's episode, beautiful comment from Eric from Germany. Eric states, hey guys, I just found your spot, uh, podcast via Spotify a month ago and just landed on the YouTube video. So cool stuff, Eric. I'm really enjoying the progress you both made through the last semesters. You know, enjoy bringing up new details concerning about the history of physics, math that have been new to me and greetings from Germany. So thank you, Eric, for that nice comment. Uh, greetings. Uh, I mean, lovely to hear that we have a German listener. We have German listeners. Hello. No. I know that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a cultured man. What can I say? What I do want to mention, though, is a really cool comment that I read that I came across in the last week's episode that uh, was actually uh, like someone commented that this was a tweet from someone else or like a quote from someone else. And I just really love this quote. So I just really wanted to share it. If you are not a scientist and you disagree with scientists about science, it's actually not a disagreement. You're just wrong. Science is not truth. Science is finding the truth. When science changes its opinion, it didn't really lie to you. It simply learned more. Hmm. How beautiful is that? Wow. How beautiful is that? It so, is. So, I mean, th this has a lot of kind of, uh, um, you know, things to do with also like what's happening right now. Like everyone in their right mind is a neuroscientist now. Everyone can determine exactly. What do you mean neuroscientist? No, sorry, sorry. Not neuroscientist, but like an, like an immunologist. You know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to say. Sorry. But um, yeah. So, I mean, there's kind of a play on that as well as simple as, as a simple fact that, you know, at the end of the day, scientists can argue with scientists because like that's the whole job of science, you know, to continue finding the truth. I can prove you wrong in something if I have a, if I have scientific reasoning to do that. But me just t saying something, hey, you're wrong. I disagree with you. Why? Because I do. Like that's not that's not an argument. You're just wrong. You know that that's basically the point of this. And I really like this quote. So thank you, Ghostly Jet, for leaving that quote. Shout out to another comment. Incredible. So, um, yeah, make, definitely a cool quote to read. Make sure to leave a comment if you want to be next week's comment of the week mm -hmm. underneath this video. Super simple. Yeah. So Super now simple. let's get into it. So first things first. During this week, or actually, wait. Let me go back even further. I always go back. <laughs> Coming into first year at university, we had a lab course. And 
in this physics lab well it wasn't a course actually it was just our our tutorial it was part of our lab part of our physics course yeah so we took just foundational physics and the mm -hmm. lab course was the tutorial for that course and i show up to that class and we have to do python which i had no idea i had no idea what python was i had no idea how to code i've never coded before and they're just like yeah just do this. And I had to just teach myself basically. Fast forward to second year where I realized that coding is actually going to be important. Well, I kind of took it a, a little bit seriously in first year, but not really. Second year, we started doing more coding in astronomy. We had computational assignments, which were all done on yeah, Python. Yeah, okay, but th those were definitely, we can definitely talk about how ridiculous yeah, those no, astronomy we, assignments we, we were. Can, we, we can. But um, also, our final project was a Python project where we were given data sets of like binary stars and then given the, like the brightness at a certain time, you could determine the mass and the period of, and all that stuff. Anyways, it was a really cool lab. I thought it was pretty cool. Produced some, some nice graphs. The most powerful part about any, now this is like to, to anyone who hasn't coded before, like this would like who who is maybe getting into programming programming or has thought about getting into programming the biggest most advantageous part about programming is that at the end of the day the whole point of a computer is just to do like rough work it's to do the easy things faster exactly <laughs> so it's just to do like the like the grunt work just fast like imagine if you can if you had like a million toddlers mm. and you taught each toddler how to add 1 plus 1 and then you just like send it down the line and then by the end of the at the end of the line they would give you an answer but instead of toddlers it's bits and you know whatever i mean the whole i mean the whole purpose of the whole the whole premise of computers like how like the word computer remember when we, we, yeah, we yeah. had the alan turing it's episode the, the whole things. word term computer came from well i mean obviously this is gender whatever but like back in the day it was women had that literally sat and computed was the whole yeah. computer so Taking that to even today, you can actually see what what it's doing is exactly that. Yeah. And Python is, I mean, all programming languages really are super useful when you have any amounts of data that you want to analyze, right? And that, yeah. that, that, that's where I think programming, especially when it comes to physics, again, all of the stuff that I'm going to be, I think we're going to be talking about with relating to programming is strictly related to, I think, like physics yes. and math and data analysis because there's a whole, there's a whole programming coding part of it, you know, where you actually yeah. program a program, like you actually create a program that does certain things to a certain to, to 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 a user, for example, like a user program interface. But in a lot of these things that we're doing, we've been given a data, and we sim we've been given data, and we need to analyze the data. And the crazy part about Python is that the scientific libraries are so good that is the reason why <laughs> so python is good. so goaded the reason why python is so much better than almost every other programming language when it comes to science especially physics i would say science though to generalize it is because of the libraries python has so many libraries the like i mean scipy astro numpy like so and many realistically libraries. though you only need like four for, okay, you, for your for what? No, what, what I'm saying we is that we have still a no. a limited amount of things that we're doing right now. But, you know. Okay, what I'm saying is that in terms of 
Okay, maybe five. Five. <laughs> um, in terms of what we're doing, we need, okay, pyplot, like matplotlib, numpy, scipy, pandas, and astropy. That's it. Oh, you learned pandas in your class? Well, last year in, in oh. astronomy, we did the bins. Oh, that's Remember nothing. That? No, you're going to actually... I don't actually know how they might go deep into it. I don't know. Anyways, anyways. So, again, with all of these advantages, so library... Again, are we trying to explain coding here? I mean, Maybe not whatever. that fundamental. <laughs> Maybe not that fundamental. But, like, well, again, libraries just help you... Well, they're just classes of objects that are just doing things for you. And, I mean, the coolest thing about any... Okay, we can definitely go into a whole programming episode, but that's not what this is going to become. But what I was trying to say is like the big thing about all of these is that at the end of the day, you can program your own code and you can then apply it. to. For example, let's say you want to find um, some property of some measurement in your data. Then you would need to parse through all of your data and figure out which one is which one satisfies your property. And especially when you, let's say, have 100 measurements of, I don't know, like some star pulsating, for example, you're not going to be looking through each measurement, right? So, I mean, that's obviously a very simple, vague example, but that's just where programming can be OP. Like, it's just yeah. meant, especially, in, again, in science, to take data, to break it up for you, and to just make your data easy to access, you know, and easy to manipulate. It's, it's, not even, it's not even just that. It's also how so easy it is to extract like visual information and like statistical information about your data mm. set it's so easy you can plot your data in three lines figure plot show <laughs> you don't even need to do figure not even you can even just plot plot show that's all you, don't you even need. need to do show bro you know you can just plot i just guess but in uh well not if you're doing like um what's it called if you're doing like a Python, actual Python. Oh yeah, script, no, no, no. Then then, then obviously. So that's different. Okay. That's also where it becomes so a lot of what we've been doing right now in Python is is is, is a Python notebook. Which I love, by the way. I love yeah, I love it's the easy. <laughs> I know. Because it's easy. <laughs> but what like why do I need to know? Because a Python notebook a literal... for those that may or may not be familiar with Python is basically a console. Like it's it's like a, it's an inline console where you can run multiple lines i mean it's basically a console but it's not a script which yeah. i don't really like about it but it's useful because <laughs> it's, it's useful because yeah it's easy because you can run uh cells and it gets stored in the kernel yeah so it's right? the console it's it, in the console yeah, it, it gets stored and you can basically as soon as you run one you can go back and forth between them and run them individually so mm -hmm. you don't have to re I want to say compile, but that's LaTeX. Yeah. <laughs> you want to rerun everything at the same time. You could just do individual cells. Um, I mean, you are compiling your code, though, at the end of the day. That is what... No, when is. you're doing one No, one but cell, e e e even when you click enter, oh, yeah, like, compile guess, yeah. is technically yeah, sure. what is the, the, sure. the process of understanding sure. the code. That's... Wait, <laughs> we've gone off topic because... Wait, What's top? I, There's no, no topic. No, that's no, the whole no, point no, of it. No, <laughs> because I, because I, in, I started this whole thing by saying um, that we were, we were doing... Um, coding oh in yeah, astronomy. Yeah, in, in, yeah astronomy nowadays uh like coding is now in my dedicated lab course for physics my dedicated lab course for astronomy which is full year and then also in um what's it called my classical mechanics course so like three well one two three four out of ten 
of my classes use Python. Use Python. Which is a no, good I mean, amount. This is you for know any, I mean? No, no, no. I mean, like, we're talking about Python relative to us, but this is like for any physics student. They're going to be using Python. No, yeah. Like 100%. any physics student in any university 100%. is probably most Ooh, likely going to be using Python. That's actually, no, that's a good thing. If you're if you're in high school right now and you want to go into physics, start Python. I mean, most, okay. You it's should. Surpri- you, wait, did your uh, uh, no. school have, a, yeah, you, you didn't have a computer science actually, class. Actually, I think we had one, but it like, it was But wasn't, like, that's very rare. I don't like think to not so. really have a big because I mean especially I in so. my school the computer science classes were like one of the biggest really? biggest biggest you know influx of kids because that's the future like everyone knew that so that's why they wanted to hop wow. on it so in in my personal experience I started with Java or technically I started with Turing damn is, I can't I can't imagine a high school computer science class I feel like that yeah, would be bro. so garbage no like no not at all it's bro I've learned more coding in high school than I have here really. 100 percent. because again i'm not in the computer science program so obviously computer science, (laughs) of course of course of course of course that makes sense i'm saying that with my knowledge like from high school i can still apply everything that we're learning right now because at the end of the day because see physics coding is not as much programming as is just logic a lot of it a lot of it is just okay like you have again you have your data in an array or a 2D array, whatever, you have some array, and you need to extrap- extrapolate some in- information from the array. Yeah. You need to, okay, you need to calculate the max, min, distribution, whatever. You, you're calculating some things based on the data that you've got, which is basically the fundamental thing that you do in this, right? Which is, which you can see differentiating between all of these. Quick parenthesis right now. NumPy, NumPy arrays mm. are so insane. The things, like... Compared to a regular list, they're so crazy. If you think about it, like just just the dot reshape. There and are a lot of methods in again this, and the interesting thing about it is all of these you can, like you can define all of these yourself too. Yeah, like, yeah. like the dot, <laughs> the whole yeah. Thing those are that, functions that all yeah. yeah that all comes from just basic understanding of how Python and all these programming languages work, right? Because Python in essence is an object oriented programming language. You might have heard of that name before. Which is basically basically what means is that every every single um, every single data like you know like when you when you open up like your console and all the saved values all those values are basically their own object is like a way to think about it and every object has instances that means they have things that you can do within the objects and stuff like that so NumPy is a library or it's a class that's basically an object so NumPy dot something is just a function within that object. And we've learned that now, but it's just it's just so because again, this was all that I've stuff that I would that I learned in like grade ten, grade eleven. But you were doing so, just Java. No, so in grade ten, I started with Turing. Now, for any of you listeners that have done Turing, please put it in the comments below because I want to talk to you. What? Because Turing is the most Turing? garbage language <laughs> in the world. So it's based <laughs> off of like it's it's basically like really fundamental code. Okay. Like really just ABCs. Like you know nothing technical. Yeah nothing is it like a browser <laughs> it's 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 very very basic and it's not fun at all but it's something that i i went through to understand basic level coding anyways that's not the big part the big part was grade 11 and 12 where i did java you did coding before grade 11 yeah grade 10 comp sci what? <laughs> yeah bro it's crazy what? that you don't even know no that's not a thing yeah that's man. not a grade, thing grade, in my school. grade 10 comp sci was a thing no way. i still i still remember my teacher that's I, I, crazy. I loved him because yeah. you know it's not recognized by like universities. What? Like computer science programs will never ask you to have computer science from high school. 
Really? No, yeah. no, no. I know that, of yeah, course. But again, there's no point. But see, the the thing is, if you're if you're not versed but in any programming language, you can and you're going into a, bro, you're gonna be railed. Are you crazy? You're gonna be. There's no. Okay, no, not in that. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant was, it's gonna be hard. No, obviously, no, obviously. Like it's gonna be really no. hard because you don't know. Okay, but think about wait. I, if you're today, going into computer science, yeah, you. Like it's for a reason. Yeah, but you have to understand today, like the the level of people that get into these programs. Like I have a lot of friends in CS. You know this. Yeah, they're all goaded. Like you get into it by knowing programming languages. Yeah, almost nobody in the computer science program did not know a language. Yeah, the thing about computer science is that it's so like it's so sick that like every single person in your class is like really smart but everybody does things differently you know what i mean that's the beauty that, that is the beauty that's because the beauty. because everybody's so smart but yeah. they all have their own way of thinking so that when they approach a problem it's like they do it very effectively but you'll read their code and be like wow i never like because never, and ever. that's the beauty of programming because that's why that's why in my opinion and like just hear me out real quick like computer science in the fundamentals is like as hard, like fundamentals as in like really getting to know what is happening in there is basically like rigorous math. Yeah. 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 Have you ever watched the, the interviews, the Google interviews, the coding interviews? You've never watched those? No, you have to. Okay. So it's a, it's like an interview. Where the like a uh, recruiter for Google interviews okay. somebody and it's like recorded, like they both have like face cameras oh, yeah. and screen recordings of what they're doing, and the the interviewer just asks them a question, and for example, one of them it's like it's like okay you have a list of airports, and you need to f- like like only some airports are connected directly. Mm. And oh, we literally had this problem. Yeah, like given, like given or whatever, you okay, need sure. to. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And then he, and then the the interviewee has to like write Code down it, it. Yeah. but but like write it down in like a Never in like a Google Docs, so like he can't check if it's right. Oh no, that makes sense. No, 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 that definitely yeah. makes sense. That and and he sense. also like he can also draw things to be like, okay, so here's how I'm thinking about this. You want to do this and do this. Man, and then, if like, you see computer science contests, bro, like yeah, literally basic. It's almost like. You know, you can compare, you can compare a computer science contest to a math Olympiad. Probably. Because a math Olympiad, if you think about it, is basic questions. Literally, like you have five apples and six bananas kind of questions. (laughs) It's literally how it's framed. Olympiad? Yes. No. The questions are all rooted in base <laughs> okay, logic. Okay, they're easy, but not. No, no, no. no. I never said like, they're easy. No, 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 no. I never. They're not no, easy. No, no. I didn't. No, I didn't mean easy. I meant like they. They're short questions, but they're still like. No, but I still believe the hardest no, possible questions you could but ask. They're, but they're put in such an easy way, is what I'm trying yeah. to say, right? Like in these Olympiads, they're put in such an easy way that you can just, okay, it's so simple. You try to do it, you have no idea what to do. In computer science and like all of these computer science contests, like I've seen, like my friend, I mean, I was actually, I actually also took place in some, but my, my, I mean, my friend's really, really, really good. And he actually has won a few of these. And all of them have such 
like some of them are complicated technically speaking to a, I mean but it's so easy to understand for a computer scientist like like even the words are super simple to go through what the problem is asking you get but how to actually how to actually do it yeah is so crazy because if you look at any of these computer science exams you're basically given something to do and you have to well you have to program it i've never done a computer science course Oh well, yes, I've of course. Then how would you? Yes, of course. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about an exam like a school exam. Sorry, I'm talking about like a like a like an Olympia like a like a like an Olympiad. You know, like a yeah. competition, like okay. a CS competition. So for those, I mean, there's also a really famous YouTuber actually that gets like first place in a lot of these things, and he codes, bro. He he codes faster than you can think. Like, I'm not even joking. Like <laughs> this guy sees the question, he's like, oh I'm like, well, how are you even thinking? Anyways, so what I'm the point I'm trying to get at is that all of these people, like the Olympiad people and these guys, have something very much in common, which is this way of thinking in logic-based, like you know, rigor. That every because coding is fundamental in logic, and that's why it's so powerful for physics. And if if you if you like math, if you like stuff that we've been talking about, you know, in math and you know, proof-based math. Yeah, CS logic, is like so CS fun. is amazing so because fun. the because you know the feeling you get when you prove something is the exact same feeling you get when you finally figure out a function in code. Yeah, no, is the exact true. same feeling. That's true. You know that that feeling of oh, I finally or something like but, that. But coding is is I think it's it's more annoying. It's, it's, it's a lot of it's very annoying. No, though. it's annoying. It's but, very annoying. But it's in some way I think it's kind of easier because you get an instant. Like somebody tells you you're wrong, <laughs> oh, and that's when you have I, no, a bug. One hundred percent. But but let me tell you why you might also think it's easier, and that might be Python, because oh yeah, Python, like by, I think the whole purpose of it was to be like super super simple. Like if you ever read why Python, would you, why would you want something that's complicated? Because it's not no no no. It's not about the level of complication. It's about how much you're telling the program to do versus how much the program is doing for you. But isn't simple like, better? No, but you have to understand <laughs> the, per, the people. No, because a lot of times you want to tell the program to do very explicit things in very explicit ways. But sometimes Python takes care of things for you. For example, the easiest example that I can give you is errors, catch errors. It almost never gives you an error. Like there's so many times when like you'll make like a fundamental mistake, like you'll change like a variable up top and something like that, and it'll still run. How did it run? It's like you know, small things like that. I don't think no, that's be- no, that actually does happen because Python understands the error. A lot of time, even even with index, even with indices, when you mess up an index, no, Python way. will figure out. No, the, yeah, that's so not true. I've never seen that ever. I've gotten so many like index, index out of You'll get range. your index out of bounds. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is there are many instances where Python will understand the error and not, again, okay. not explicitly when you just write it down like so that. That is kind of bad. But believe me when I'm saying like when there are when there are like more complicated things to do, you definitely see, you know, a little bit lack of Python. Because again, Python is supposed to be just that very bare bone basic uh, coding language like even the the actual codes are it's not codes man it's it's english it's print it's you know it's uh I it's guess. read read.csv stuff like that i guess you know what i mean that's a good thing so why would you not, I'm not want saying that? it's not i'm saying it's different why, like why didn't they do else? that the first time around with every, I'm other, with it's every other different with everything else because everything else also was made a lot before python was also i think relatively no it is, it is yeah that's what i'm saying but so like c and everything is like your foundational like if you look at c 
it's literally like like the computer is not doing anything. You're basically telling the computer exactly what to do. It's just that you doing it yourself will take a lot more time is the point of it. Yeah. Right, which is why the computer is there in the first place, just to speed that process up. And which is why programming was invented in the first place, just to speed up that process of having a computer in the first place. Right? Because the original computer was what? A console. And you were just well, at the end of the day, you were just entering lines here and there and just getting values. You could access the internet through certain things and stuff like that, through a telephone back in the day and everything. But at the end of the day, programming is just so rooted into computers into what we have today that just understanding the way that programmers think is a really nice way to get along especially in physics did you know my dad i'm pretty sure if i'm remembering this correctly because my dad worked at the university of new brunswick after oh. he graduated okay um did you graduate from there yeah oh. in in computers oh really yeah like hardware wait i know this you, yeah, you yeah, mentioned yeah. this before you mentioned this like before. hardware computer yeah. science or something like that and after he he worked at the university and i'm pretty sure he installed like the very first or like he helped install the very first like internet connection in canada like north america it was an ibm an ibm machine what? at the university of new brunswick that's nuts yeah 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 crazy oh like something may like it's something like that this is like in in mm, the, long time. the 80s or 90s or i don't know you know. internet probably 90s oh no inter no that's the world internet probably earlier oh i don't know like it's probably late 80s yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. that's crazy yeah no yeah that's i mean that's really nuts because yeah. like i mean firsthand has he told you anything like stories about it yeah he like, has just spoken about like no, he has, how yeah. he did it well, any, I mean, I'm as if I would understand yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> no, because even computer engineering is its own thing, yeah. right? Like, and even that itself has so much programming to do with it. Because, and this is where also like you can extend programming into any level of, and here's where programming becomes really broken. And here's where you need it. Simulation. Oh, I was very close to the mic, but simulation. Simulations are the key to higher level physics. Like, in real life, there are only so many things you can do. Oh, you know what's a, an amazing segue right now? It's literally in the middle of talking. No, no, about no. But it has to do about with <laughs> oh, simulations okay, okay. because okay, simulations. Yes, no, you're right. Obviously, the key to upper level crazy or some some topics. Not, okay, well, not no. What I'm trying to say is, if you can get a system that you are trying to analyze, and if you are able to simulate that yeah. system, the amount of things you can do is crazy. And the first thing I thought about was like the Navy or Stokes equations. Oh, okay. That you have to simulate because yeah. you can't like you can't. some, right, initial conditions. Literally. But the Navy or Stokes infinity. equations are differential equations. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's actually crazy if you think about it is that like a general differential equation, so some function of X y of x y prime of x and dot 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 mm -hmm. equals to zero for example or mm -hmm. some you know whatever whatever does not have a solution or we don't know how to find like it has a solution we don't know how to find it or we mm -hmm. we don't even know that there is a solution and this is again we were able to do this through the simulation yeah but the the thing is with simulations and all that stuff you can find like you can graph solutions, but it's not following any 
equation like it didn't solve the equation it just uses the fact that mm. um it knows how it the the rate of change behaves with respect to the other derivatives and all that mm. and then they just update the time step right and then they keep plotting along like they don't know what the actual solution is because at the yeah because that's exactly what how you would simulate anything at the, the time yeah. the time step is a very fundamental thing yeah. in all all physics simulations yeah and in all physics simulations the common commonality is a physics engine and with a physics engine you can basically do whatever you want physics engine is just a way of basically saying hey you have this data or you have this world apply physics yeah. <laughs> is basically a way of saying uh, add g add air resistance so yeah. for example and and uh, i actually have a mate that didn't mate man i've never said that <laughs> oh wow i have a friend <laughs> that did this in grade 12 computer science that um well, for one of his programs he 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 simulated like some complicated ball moving on earth with with like a very realistic physics engine and what he was able to do basically is he again he knew he obviously knew the parameters of the object cuz he's the one that coded it in the first place so he can he can he can play around with the parameters of course you can play around with the air friction cuz they're just vectors literally like if you really understand like the fundamentals of like a physics engine or really about any programming you're like oh wow that's just so simple like there's so many things nowadays that i look at and i'm like oh how do you think the guy programmed that like i look at a game that's like some of my friends i'm playing i'm like oh how do you think like that button, like why does it jump you there instead of there? It is so many times. And that's all based on how you define this, which is why understanding this Python, understanding code is so understanding simulation is so is so key, you know? And I mean where 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 programming can help too. I mean clearly yeah. moving on to like or continuing to the differential equation part of it, like simulating the Stokes equations is what it because after the simulation we got the the fact that it either doesn't or must, right? No, no, it's or we already knew that no, because the math didn't exist though. But was no, no, we, we weren't we like more certain about something after the simulation? No, we knew basically the simulations are just to show real world examples. Okay, for example, if you have like water mm. bending a corner, yeah, I remember the this. velocity yeah, yeah, yeah. goes to infinity, right? Yeah, but it doesn't. Actually, mm. so mathematically, we can't figure out what's wrong with it. But if you simulate it, then you can just see what happens. Mm. And you just, you know, it, it ignores the, well, it doesn't like, ignore like it. Simulating turbulence is like one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Like we have not been able to do that right now. Yeah. And from what I said earlier, um, like F equals MA, mm. uh, you know, classic. Yo, Grade I mean, 10. Yeah. What? No, I mean, no, I was just, I was just talking because if you wanted to segue, because we were talking about differential equations. No, no, yeah. Just, just like the whole, the, the whole prospect of differential equations, and well, in this case, you are simulating them, and it's super simple to do that with program, with, 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 with a program. Yeah. Right, because there's so many complicated systems that you can get that you have no idea how to solve, or you don't even know what it could look like, but one piece of code and it'll just plot it for you, mm -hmm. like Mat, like Mathematica. Uh, which I believe there's a map plot thing for it can just literally just plot curves for you, man. Like it's super simple. Like you give it a differential equation. It'll give you the whole spiel. I've done the class. Mathematica? <laughs> no, I've done. No, 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 no. I'm, no, no, I'm talking about I, Mathematica. I know, I've I'm, used like. Oh, you've used Mathematica. Oh, no, well, ma no Mathematica. They don't, other yeah. Because Mathematica for anyone that 
So Wolfram, Wolfram Mathematica, it's super expensive. Like literally, no, don't buy it. But <laughs> it's very expensive. It's very expensive. Point that I was trying to make is that Mathematica is a program that commonly simulates a lot of these things. You know, that basically you give it some stuff, you give it some numbers and it simulates stuff, right? Common example. Again, just continuing on to where you can see the use of coding, especially with examples in differential equations, right? Like the heat equation for like any, any equation that contains, well, the derivative really, I mean, a differential. And if you want to see what would happen over time, stuff like that, like there's so many ways that simulation can, simulations can help. Okay. But you completely did not let me talk. Because Why? here's what I was going to say. Oh. F, F equals MA is a differential equation. <clears throat> and relating to what I said earlier is that um, it's equal to mass acceleration. Acceleration is the second derivative with respect to position, or sorry, of the position with respect to time. And force can be a function of time, position, and velocity. And like nothing else, mm. right? Because it it's a function of acceleration, but it's literally equal to a constant times acceleration. So, you know, if, if uh, the force is a function of time, position, and velocity, there is no general solution, which is why uh, like classical mechanic, classical mechanics problems can get so hard using Newtonian mechanics. Um, so what they do is they teach us ways to solve this different this differential equation for specific cases. Like okay. for example, um, you have force as a function of position only, right? So in that case, if your force is a function of position, on the other side you have mass times the second derivative of position, and then it's just separation of variables. <laughs> Because then dt, mm. f of x, and then integrate on both sides. That has a general solution. If force if, is just a function of time, same thing. You have a function of time, and on the other side, you have d, d squared x over dt squared. You just integrate twice, yeah. se separate same and thing. integrate twice. Similar. If it's a function of velocity, though, it's a little bit different, but not really. Because all you do is you use, you use chain rule. So here you're saying they're individual, not velocity and yeah. Okay. Yeah. If it's and um, these are applicable to like pretty much everything. Well, pretty much every to no, a wait, lot so of how things. How do you? How does? How does a general solution get solved now that you? Have there it? is no general solution. So then, where does this help you? Just in 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 for specific problems. Oh, for specific problems. So yeah. if it's this, if it's this, if it's yeah. This. Like for example, if you drop a ball, or if you're doing anything with air resistance. The force is a function of just velocity because yeah, air resistance yeah, is just a sense. function so of velocity. So those are the hard ones. Well, no, those are easy ones. It's just, I thought the, it's position just and the position and the time were the easy ones. No, the velocity is also easy. <laughs> oh. No, I, I meant the hard ones are when it's time, position, and velocity. Oh, yeah. Okay. When those it's are all hard of them. ones. Yeah, yeah. All of them. Okay. But no, velocity has an easy one too. Uh, it's something like, okay. Um, dv by dx times dx by dt the just chain rule mm. right that's equal to dv dt which is a am i speaking too fast right now no i think that's okay fine. uh so then you have dv dx 
times dx dt dx dt is velocity yeah okay and now you can just separate your variables because then you have a function of v oh yeah 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 yeah. and then you put t on the other side that wasn't the hard one okay so the hard one was when they're all together yeah wait so do you have a way to do that or is there no there's no way there's no way it's what i said earlier if you have a general differential equation that's just like some weird non-linear whatever of derivatives and and um the independent variable Mm -hmm. altogether like there's no like if i tell you okay what's the solution of natural log of x (laughs) divided by you know like you could literally do anything there's no general way to solve it it's you only know when to solve it when it follows specific rules no but general way to solve it versus general solution i'm saying there's a general solution to the ones you know how to solve (laughs) i'm saying all the other ones we have no idea how to solve them like the only we have no idea as in like we or no everybody mathematics everybody mathematics ray think about it think about it they're in in the, the class you're doing right now what what do they do they say if your equation looks like this, here's no, how you solve it. that's different because we are being told like ways to solve. Okay. Because we're young. Okay, no, no, like, no, no, we're no. not into that. But, 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 but I'm why? Saying, but, is there, uh, so there are, I mean, it makes sense that there are things that don't have a solution. But, like, why do you think they tell you, oh, exact equations have this form and here's how you solve it. Why? It's because if it was a tiny bit different, we have no idea how to solve it. It's if... But on the off chance that your equation looks exactly like this, we know how to solve it. Nah, bro, Wolfram knows how to solve it, man. Believe me. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Though. I mean, the whole, the not whole... all the time. No, of course. I'm saying if there are differential equations that don't have solutions, that's different. But I'm saying differential equations no, that we don't know how to solve. No, every differential equation that has a kay. solution we know how to solve, that's not. No, no, no. No, no right. Every differential equation has. Wait, how do I say this? Okay, there are differential equations, I think, that people, math, doesn't know if it has or doesn't have a solution. Like, it just doesn't know. Because think about, like, just think about how crazy you can make an equation that has n, n derivatives and you just make it insane. You have no idea if it has a solution or not. No, but just because that's what I'm trying to say. Just because you don't know it exists doesn't mean it doesn't. But I think it's like a it's like a rational versus irrational number kind of deal. Like there are a lot of rational numbers, but, but there are a lot mean, more irrational numbers. But that doesn't mean that they're not. So you're saying that there are again, I'm not actually sure about I this think, because I I'm, think so. I'm just learning differential equations right right now. But are you saying that there are like multiple differential equations that we don't have a solution to that a solution sorry 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 no we don't have a solution to that a solution doesn't exist i'm not saying we don't know the solution i'm saying like for example for example those are two different things here's an example let's hear it it's okay it's not that it doesn't exist it's like you'd have to define it to exist here's an example do you know the lambert w function explain so the Lambert W function is the inverse of x times e to the x. So okay. for example, the natural log is the inverse of e to the x. Lambert W function is the inverse of just x times e to the x. Valid. Which means that if you plug in, for example, pi times e to the pi, 
into that function, it would give you pi. Okay. That is a function that was like invented. You know what I mean? Okay. And it, it is the solution to some differential equations. What I'm saying is that there are differential equations whose solutions haven't been like defined yet. And like we wouldn't know how to like write them down. There's no way Mathematica or something or a software though won't be able to calculate this. I mean, Ray, Mathematica ha- like Mathematica think- can give you the but Lambert wait, W function think, as a let me finish. It it can give you the Lambert W function as a solution to a differential equation or a component of it. But imagine if it wasn't programmed into Mathematica because we didn't. No, but know that's what I'm trying it. to say. I don't exactly know how Mathematica has been programmed because I don't think it does it using like again, could be completely off on this, but the way that I would make a program if I'm trying to make a program for anything mathematical. Well, would be to do it the hard way in the program. Because the whole point of a program is that it can do it the hard way. So if there's like a rigorous what hard... Do you mean the hard way? Again, I'm not too well, well versed in differential equations to really know how to solve an, an equation that we don't have a general idea to solve for. But there's no way that Mathematica only uses what we already... Okay, I shouldn't say no way because, again, I don't know how it's programmed. But I don't think, at least, that it's only based on how we know how to solve differential equations. There's probably something that it does that we simply can't do because it has a program. Like, think about this. I don't think about think it. So. I mean, think about as simple as this, though. Like, if, you're, if you have X from 0 to 2, there are infinitely many things in there. You can't do it by hand. The program can. Like, just a, what do you an example mean? as simple as that. An example as simple as that. It can do an infinite amount of tasks. Well, it can, is no, what not you're infinite saying. amount of tasks. I'm saying it can iterate through infinite value. Okay. Infinite okay. is okay. What no, I'm trying to say is a go. lot of data. Okay, a what lot I'm of data is a lot. Again, a okay, lot sorry, of, sorry, sorry. Not okay. The, using the infinite term was the was the incorrect thing. But it's what I'm trying to say is it uses a lot of data. So given a very, very complicated differential equation, we might not know how to solve it. But again, I do doubt that the that a software wouldn't also be able to solve it, because that would be crazy. Um, no, you I don't, don't think your you don't think your software no. can solve like your differential. Like obviously, like there are equations that can't be solved, like the Navier-Stokes equations, for example. Like solve that, you'll get a million dollars. But all the other ones that have like really complicated ones, I'm pretty sure Mathematica right. can still solve. So it has been confirmed not all differential equations will have solutions. Okay, well, then that breaks the whole thing. Okay, <laughs> there well, you go. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> okay, so that's that's a thing. That's a thing then. Okay. Yeah, haven't you seen the existence and uniqueness Of course. There? No, I know that... Existence. No, that's I what know it that means. that is true, though. I know that there is a way... I mean, it's very simple. Simply, if the... If the dependent functions are not continuous, then you break the whole existence and uniqueness. Like, I get how it works. I get why a function won't exist. But I'm saying, if if you know it exists, like, from the theorem, you know it exists, and this is what I'm trying to say, you know it exists, but you don't have the tools to solve it. Does that, you know what I mean? Oh, well, no, you leave it up to a computer if it's possible. I'm saying sometimes it's was not, that not possible. My whole point this whole time, no, what you like, were no, what you were saying was that 
any differential equation, you can I throw it believe, into a computer. Originally, I did believe that. Uh, no, because I was asking you, does every differential equation? No, have a and I, I said no. That's what I'm oh, did you? I said no. I said I. I even gave the the rational irrational comparison. No, irrational irrational. I would have immediately got because I know the existence and uniqueness theorem. That's, like I understand the uniqueness. No, theorem. I said I said the equations are. This is not fact. I'm saying I feel like yeah. The equation, the differential equations that have solutions mm. are like rational numbers, and those who don't have solutions are like irrational numbers. Like there's, you can write so many more differential equations that's that just don't have solutions, than do have solutions. Well, yeah, that's just from like basic. Yeah, it's the same way you prove the ra irrational rational. You can just go like a way of thinking at least. I understand uh, yeah, that level yeah, of thought. Yeah, yeah. I understand that level yeah, of thought. For sure. Okay, I mean, okay, no, that definitely does make sense. Because originally I was I wasn't quite No, but I definitely knew the uniqueness that I wasn't just thinking of that. Because I was definitely thinking of maybe I was maybe specializing or maybe not, I didn't specifically say it, was looking at oh things that at least have a solution. We just don't know how to solve it yet. Cause I would think that the program would be able to do everything. Cause like that's the whole point of and all the programming stuff we've been telling them to learn. Imagine they learn all programming, they're like, what do I do with it? <laughs> You know, it's funny, actually. <laughs> you know, it's funny today. I actually, while I was doing uh, classical mechanics, I read um, it was this was about uh, damped and and driven oscillation. Oh. So it's like periodic, right? Yeah. And it they, they basically gave like they didn't prove it, but they just showed how you can essentially give a solution for the coefficients as a Fourier transform of the function, <laughs> the function that you're, okay. You're going to have to repeat this yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't even okay, knowing so that this okay, was so, going to come up. Okay, so take this, this, take this. <laughs> okay, let's you, you have an oscillation and you have a force that's driving that oscillation. Mm -hmm. Now that force has to be periodic, but it can look like anything. It can be a square wave. It could be a triangle wave. It could literally... Because yeah, it, it, it pushes away from equilibrium, comes back. Pushes away from equilibrium like that. It could do anything. It just has to be periodic. Okay, valid. That's it. So these are the two requirements. Okay. Okay. And so what what um, the textbook showed is that, okay, let's say you just have a cosine wave mm. as the, your driving force. It just goes up and down. Boom. You can solve for a particular solution. And what you do, obviously, if you've ever taken an ODE class, you guess the solution. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, such a classic that's I, such a classic you, you guess the solution to be some constant times e to the i omega t with just the same omega as the driving force okay and okay here's a spoiler it works <laughs> you can you can solve for this and you get a particular solution for that oscillation and it has the form of some constant times e to the i well it's the which is sine plus cosine it's, it's, which the, is your it's the real part yeah the real part I, of I that okay but the the coefficient mm -hmm. has an imaginary part which means that <clears throat> wait but wouldn't you just wouldn't you just break this up into your cosine no, you sign, would. which is your Fourier? No, or is that not you would you would yeah. but here's the thing um the what was i saying the coefficient of mm. the of the e to the i omega t has an imaginary part which means that when you take the real part you do get the 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 solution for the position as a mm. function of time um but now what if your driving force was you know cosine omega one plus cosine omega two 
and it's just a super position as you learn ODEs are like linear ODEs. You can just add mm. particular solutions. And so you'd be adding E to the I one omega T times some constant, the, take the real part of that. And then plus the real part of E to the I omega two. Mm. Okay. But from Fourier's theorem, whatever, or Fourier integral theorem, you can represent any periodic function as the sum of sine and cosine waves, which which is your which cosine waves are the same as sine waves, but yeah. offset, right? Yeah. And so instead of your driving force being just cosine, it's just an infinite sum of cosine waves. And so your solution is now an infinite sum of a times e to the i some omega real part, value. Real part. Yeah, well, okay. you take the real part. Yeah. But yeah, but now it's an infinite sum, which means integral, everybody. <laughs> you take the integral, and this is just like I was talking about in quantum mechanics. You take the integral, the coefficient becomes a function of omega, right? The frequency. And then you multiply it by e to the i omega with of that omega. And then you integrate mm. over all omega values or the ones that are you know mm. useful to you. Mm. If, if, you're, if your thing is a simple cosine wave, well, then you can just guess. Well, you don't have to guess. You can remind yourself that a cosine wave is e to the i t, or sorry, i omega t minus e to the, the minus, minus i omega t divided by two. And so this is, if you're taking the integral, the only, like your function is basically a delta function at that, or since you're, since you're doing the imaginary part, it's going to be a delta function at, uh, omega and minus omega and so when you integrate you get some coefficient which is one half it turns out to be one half times e to the i omega t and then minus one half which is that particular coefficient e to the minus, minus and then I. you get the, your thing but the, the whole point of this is that you could take any periodic function and the solution to the differential equation is going to be your your the integral over all that stuff that's pretty interesting yeah so the I plus that. plus the homogenous so like for Fourier that's transforms it. basically is what you just showed up what you just yeah so no, you just, just showed, showed that Fourier transforms very closely linked to well any because at the end of the day it's superposition right but this only exists oh yeah so for an oscillating yeah with yeah. a periodic force yeah so it's periodic and this is just simple superposition the only step that your brain has to take is to go, okay, I'm going from adding one, two, three cosine waves to infinite cosine waves. That's the only step your brain has to take. And then when you go, okay, finite sum to infinite sum, you take the integral. Boom. That totally makes sense. There you That's go. pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But it did say like after, after it presented that it said, uh, we're not going to be using any of uh, that, <laughs> but it's just an example of well, how like you're, in you this, this thinking. week, actually in my, in my, in one of my tutorials, um, my, my, uh, my TA was like, um, I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, my TA was like, uh, in classical mechanics, it's yeah. actually a very popular thing, uh, to multiply an expression. So it's just harder to do it in the real system. So you multiply an expression or basically make it imaginary. Yeah. Make it imaginary. Do the math with the imaginary. Take the real part. You don't, you don't no, no, no. multiply Obviously, it by not, anything. It's not, no, 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 no. It's not exactly like yours, but your example made me think of what this is. So in this case, no, but it is EI. It is, but it is 
always easier to go imaginary. No, yeah, which is which is which was the whole thing that he was saying. Yeah. It's like some some systems, some some expressions can be very complicated, and having the fact that Euler's formula, having yeah. all your imaginary exponents, all those laws, you know, using them together can definitely be very helpful. So what a lot of what a very common practice in classical mechanics. I mean, you're gonna learn it. I'm hopefully gonna learn it next year. Same thing. Make it imaginary, literally by just multiplying it by an imaginary exponent or a complex exponent, and then at the end of it, after all your math is all well and done, you just take the real part of it, right? And that just makes it bada bing bada boom. That's super simple. So yeah, that's a pretty cool way to do it too. Yeah. Well, you know, thing about classical mechanics that I enjoy. Well, okay, I, a couple things. So first of all when you talked about imaginary numbers surprisingly well maybe it's not surprising but it's always easier to go uh imaginary it's always easy and the thing that always shocks me is how like it literally works like imaginary and imaginary numbers just work for some reason like who would have thought you could just ima- you could just imagine a number exists and it just works in math when you take the derivative of e to the i x let's say it just so happens that the i cancels with the i and makes a negative sign and comes down to the cosine so that when you take the real part you get a sine when you take the imaginary part you get a cosine which is exactly what your trig functions do so but Mm. but the thing about using imaginary numbers is that it holds two pieces of information at once so it's it's like a it's like a vector well, you're, you know com- you're mean? talking about a complex number yeah 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 i'm saying i'm saying a complex number holds two things at once You're real the real imaginary. and the imaginary and you can extract whatever you want at any time like you, you can encode information into the imaginary part and the real part and keep track of it and then at any point Be, you and, can that, take and, that, and that's simply because of the fundamental difference between the real and imaginary you know knowing the fact that they are in fact yeah. orthogonal bases because they don't have orthogonal. well not wrong exactly it's not exactly orthogonal to the wrong word but what i'm trying to say is that they don't have any influence on each other like e1 and e2 for example are yeah. no no influence on each other at all in the same way just like a vector space you have a you have a real part except when you multiply them oh except when you multiply them yeah but in, in and then even i starts to affect it of course but then that tells oh I'm my saying, god no but wait, even, yeah. but even, <laughs> even when you multiply things you can still break it up into the real and the and the thing like even if you have five i yeah but you still have zero plus five i the so craziest thing ever is okay what if i tell you okay multiply you know five plus three i times three minus six mm. i you know like you mm. can't do that in your head right now but okay it would take you at yeah, least no. 30 seconds. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> but if I told you multiply 2 e to the i pi over 3 times 3 e to the i pi over 6. Light. You multiply the amplitudes, add. you add the things. It, and those numbers represent complex numbers that can be written in terms of real and imaginary part. But working with 
the exponential is so much easier in every single case. No, X now, yeah, that that's where the goaded exponential yeah, comes in. Yeah, yeah. Like we're just right now focusing on the imaginary, but yeah, the exponential itself is a whole new world. Yeah. Because that, like, the moment you get an exponential, you get all your exponential laws, you get your lawn, you get all your good stuff. Because I mean, exponential shows up. I mean, literally everywhere. Right. I mean, and even in. Uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, so in in the in in the exponential in the exponential case, I forgot the, my train of thought because I was trying to say something before that I was thinking, and I had this whole thing, but now you said something and I just forgot. Here's something interesting. Shit, never mind. The <laughs> natural log of i. What do you think that is? Wait, what? Well, I know the answer, but like one minute. The natural, natural log, log of, of I, I means e to something equals minus one. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. E to something equals the square root of minus one. Yeah, but if you just think about it in terms of polar, it's oh, e to the e, e to the i pi over two is equal to i. So when you take the natural log, it's just i pi over two. <laughs> so natural log of i is i pi over two. Oh, you converted yeah. to polar. That's <laughs> yeah. smart. No, that's smart. That's no, it's smart. just it's just fun problems just, yeah, like no, that no, that no, I really cool. like. That's cool. Cause yeah, I mean, even converting bases like that is so useful. Like polar to yeah, even like that can just break like o- open up your whole problem into a Man, whole new using thing. spherical coordinates. Crazy. Thank you. I was crazy. Say something with when I came to imagine. Oh yes, I mean it's not a big thing, but it's just something really cool. The fact that in every differential equation, if you do happen to have a complex complex uh roots or any kind of you complex. just take the real part you take the number one you take the real part but what was really cool to me too is that the imaginary part is also a solution yeah yeah no but that's actually um that's actually not because here's why because when you when you get complex roots what happens is that the coefficient in front of like you'll have like a c1 cosine and then a C2I sine, something like that. C1 plus C, yeah. But what you do is you say, okay, well, the cosine is one solution and the sine is the other solution. The actual reason why that's true is because when you're dealing with complex numbers, the constants that you multiply them are also um, are also complex. Yeah. Which yeah, means that you do complex. which means which means that you can you 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 just work it out on a piece of paper, but. If C1 and C2 are complex and you decompose them into their real and imaginary parts, then what you can do is you can literally get the real part of that expression has some other uh, constant times cos and some other constant times sine. And then you'll have an imaginary cos and an imaginary sine. And so you actually do get linearly independent linearly different, like yeah, things. Different but they don't explain it to you. They say, just take the imaginary yeah. No, because again, all of this works because exactly because of the fact that these guys don't influence each other because yeah. you're real and you're imaginary, you know, they don't have any. And which is why you can, again, use the classical mechanics thing, like just by multiplying an, exp- an exponent, uh, I mean, uh, a complex exponent. It makes the math easier because we have math to do with complex exponents. But the actual problem itself is completely unchanged because, again, the complex is not affect, or at least the imaginary, the imaginary, I shouldn't say complex because the real part of the complex does affect the real. But I'm saying just the imaginary is not at all influencing the real part at all. Just but helping the still, math along the way. But it's still useful because obviously... Still u- super if you're, useful. If you're doing, if you're doing uh, like simple harmonic motion or anything that rotates, the sign can 
like in the case where you take a derivative, the sign becomes important because the real part of the derivative is going to be the sign term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you take two derivatives, the cosine comes cosine back, and back. you know, so even the imaginary part still be stays relevant. Yeah, so I mean, clearly they're important, and you can just drop. Yeah, like the eyes are really the. It's a very cool invention for sure. They just we can have a whole. They just made it up. Like, we, we talked about types of numbers. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. One hundred percent. Yeah, that that. Yeah, I don't that know if really we were cool. that smart though at the time. I don't know. I think we can definitely go on a more this was last in year depth <laughs> explanation on complex numbers. This is we literally can talk a about year ago. Yeah, more than a year ago. Was Types it? of numbers was thirty something. Okay, thirty. <gasps> That's fifty episodes ago. Yeah. Damn. No. Yeah, it was thirty something. Wow. Yeah, cause big math. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That was a year. It was thirty something. Damn. Yeah, crazy. Long time. Do you think we should we listen to it and see if we were stupid? <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of the podcast, no, though. Yeah. I mean, I think all the no, listeners yeah. too should be like. Yeah. Should be glad. I we're mean, not obviously, but we're, we're not. We're not genii. Over we're here. <laughs> absolutely not. We're just two individuals who love science enough to just spend hours talking about it, because yeah. we just are inquisitive about inquisitive to know more. And the fact that we go back to our old video and we're like, "Oh my, we learned more," means it's been working. You know, our goal is being reached because the whole point of going to next year as well to learn more, to be smarter, to know what's well, smarter is very subjective, but you know what I mean? To learn more, have more knowledge, know what to do in the field and stuff like that, which we're clearly learning. So, yeah, I guess I, I, I hope the podcast is getting better. <laughs> I hope so. Maybe. I think so. No, I no. think we're definitely a lot more comfortable. I mean, with each other, we've always been comfortable, but in person now, I think this is definitely a little more, Hope you guys like. I think we. I mean, we. I saw a lot of positive comments. A lot of co- I mean, positive feedback. We got feedback we got a hundred uh, followers yesterday. That's crazy. That is that's crazy. crazy. That is crazy. One hundred followers, followers in one day. In a day, yeah. That's that crazy. is insane. It's that's not the first crazy. time. Oh really? It's not the first time. Well, shit. No, we've actually gone like one hundred and twenty in a day before. Yeah. But so just just Spotify too. Yeah, just Spotify. This is just Spotify too. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, keep it up. Let us know. Let us know about suggestions. I mean, we're always open for suggestions. Oh, yeah, know? 100%. Here and there. Wait, <laughs> special relativity part two. Is that ever okay, going to come? Three, <laughs> no, two. Yes. That will come out. We need, oh, in the my prof. opinion. What about the yes, prof? exactly. I was yeah, just, okay, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, I'll, let me say it. I emailed the prof here at U of T, and he emailed me back saying that, or to be more specific, he is a ex-professor of the general relativity course here at U of T, which is a fourth year course. And he's not teaching right now. He's on a sabbatical, but he said that he has 30 years of experience of talking to the press about like science, explaining science. So he said he said he'd come onto the podcast and then I'm pretty sure I emailed him back and then he didn't answer and then I forgot to email him back again and then this was in the summer. So I will re-email him and then we will have special relativity part two, which will oh, be special. Let's yeah, but it'll be general. general. It'll yeah, be general. Let's have a general relativity. That'll be the part two though. That will be so insane. Yeah. A general relativity because I I mean, I've, I think I mentioned this before, right? Like that quick presentation that I gave on field equations. Like, I mean, obviously like the math is was nowhere because I was in grade 11 and I was talking about general relativity. But like just my interest, man, like I would love to talk to someone about general relativity. That would be really an experience. 
Yeah, so we can definitely get that prof on. Uh, we have a few more guests, I think, now that the school... Again, school is a lot of stuff. You know, we just have to, like... It's just stuff to do. So a lot of times, we're just figuring out stuff. So... And just a lot of work. Even they have a lot of work on their part. So, you know, getting professors yeah. free in this time is a little complicated. That is true. So, it is a little hard for the for all of us. And um, as usual, we're bang in the middle of midterm week. We're out here recording the podcast. So Wow. That must have been a pleasant sound. Oh, yeah. This. Oh, sorry. I apologize. But uh, definitely continue to listen. Continue to follow, you know, wherever you guys do. We appreciate it. We appreciate all your comments, all your emails. Whenever we do get through them, that is. <laughs> we do read them. I mean, clearly, I read every single comment. If I yeah. reply or not, sometimes it's because I'm doing something, there might be, okay, I'll give more time to reply to this. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll actually sit down and think about it later. But then that later just never comes because <laughs> I just have stuff to do. You know do what we, I, mean? I feel like we still have emails that we haven't answered. No, uh, maybe emails haven't answered, but I've read and so have you yeah. every single one and every single you. I've read yeah. every single YouTube comment we've ever gotten. No, that's true. It's just that I haven't because I'm not always just replying to everything. It's just that I see an email. I'm like, oh, shoot. Nice. You know what yeah. I mean? So many times. So many times. So, I mean, keep them coming. We love to read them. We always do. And um, anything else? I guess that's everything. Thank follow you. Us on Insta <laughs> oh, I guess here. Follow us on Instagram, uh, math.physics.podcast. And yes. if you want to email us, it's the same tag at gmail.com. Super simple. Yeah. So let us know. Thank you so much for listening to this episode where we just talked about things. Let us know how you like this episode. I want to know because a lot of our episodes, again, are very, very. Not very different, but different because we have, again, some things to talk about. I really like this, though. This was so chill. This was just a cool conversation between things that we're interested in. Next time, we if, if we ever do this again, it's definitely it's going to be more statistics next time. Okay. You, you already know. Uh -huh. So we're definitely going to have a little more fun in that in the future. But, yeah, let us know what you think about this one. Um, yeah, this has yeah. been uh, episode number 83 of the Math and Physics podcast. Yeah. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. We will see you soon. Bye, guys.